the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers. Welcome aboard. I'm Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, now on 106.3 FM in East Portland and Vancouver. 93.9 KPDQ, AM 860, The Answer, k La Patrona, 1640, 93.1 L Ray and 104.1 The Fish. And I'd love to talk with you about promoting your ministry, business, or school to thousands of people at Fish Fest from your very own booth. Getting more people back to your church. Sharing about your ministry through our free online church directory and church service live stream directory. Expanding your ministry or business beyond your walls, establishing yourself as an authority in your field, and becoming more known through radio. Building awareness of your company or outreach by hosting our events at your location at no risk to you. Marketing your message or brand directly to your target audience through the latest and most powerful online tools of Salem Surround. And most importantly, if your ministry leader or pastor could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, a cup of coffee, or a connection to others, please email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. And speaking of pastors, our very special guest today is the lead pastor, also leading the youth at New Harmony Church in the Milwaukee part of Portland by Clackamas Town Center. Welcome, Josh Park, and how are you today, sir? Very well. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Mm -hmm. And I was actually tipped off about you from Emma Cassaro, our lovely do-it-all promotional sales assistant type who's just done some wonderful things for our station. So it's good to have you aboard. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. The website for New Harmony Church is new-harmony.church. That's new-harmony.church. And Josh, can you give us the big picture about New Harmony Church? You're located on Fuller Road, right by Clackamas Town Center. But by all means, give us your elevator pitch, please. Mm -hmm. When do you meet? What times? And what should one experience at New Harmony Church? Well, we're uh, we're still a relatively small congregation, but um, our our goal is to uh, to see one another, and it's kind of a a clever, quaint little acronym kind of thing. But basically, to strengthen, equip, and encourage one another, and that's that's our goal. So that as people uh, come into the church, or as they they show up on a Sunday afternoon, uh, we meet from three to four thirty every Sunday, and uh, our hope is that as we see one another, we strengthen, equip, and encourage one another. That we will uh, grow closer to God. That we'll grow closer to each other. And that um, in in following that, that we will um, bless one another, that we'll, we'll um, get closer to God, get closer to each other, and be able to be effective in, in our communities, in our homes, in um, our businesses, and everything like that, to where we're, we're not just kind of flatlining or coasting, but that we're actually moving forward in our faith and, and having our faith be active. So how new is New Harmony Church? Very new, like still still fresh out of the package. So how we how we planted was uh, through the Evangelical Conference. And uh, so we started meeting as a leadership team back in January, um, officially. Uh, even before that, we kind of put out our feelers and kind of developed a team, asked people to be part of um, that. And so... Um, as we as we gathered a group of, of leaders, we we started meeting in January uh, in the Harmony House, which is the house attached to the to the church property. Um, it's a it's a parsonage, but we affectionately renamed it uh, Harmony House because not many people know what a parsonage is. Um, it sounds like a bird or a Christmas uh, dish or something like that. <laughs> but um, so we we started doing that, and and really uh, every single week we would gather around a, a meal and a time of worship. And then talking about the principles of you know strengthen equip and encourage, and so for January through um, 
uh, Easter, which is when we launched officially to the public, uh, the goal there was to really gel as a leadership team. And, and um, some of our callings were, were clear. Some of our callings were uh, undecided, but we knew that God had called each of us to leadership. Um, and so kind of letting that stuff settle in the context of food, worship, and, and developing a, a clearer vision, it really helped so that when we launched on Easter uh, this, this past year, uh, that we were able to to move forward with some some maturity, some relational equity that had built up, and then um, able to just be available. And so uh, that's that's kind of the the short history of how we launched, and um, just really recognizing a need in the neighborhood too. Uh, the the church itself, uh, the church building that we're meeting in, uh, is definitely uh, run down. Um, it's it's uh, the current occupants or the current owners of it. Um, it's kind of an aged out congregation in, in a sense. And there's just some things that have become more and more difficult to do. And so we have a, a huge opportunity to um, in, in the same conference in the same denomination to come alongside this, this group and uh, help and encourage and um, you know, everything from doing yard work to changing light bulbs to um, just being, being present. Um, it's a way that we can uh, work together uh, without having to, you know, there's certain practices and certain beliefs and everything like that. Like we're, we're not necessarily able to, to do a, a joint service, but um, we can uh, co-minister in that of, they use it from 11 to 12. We use it from three to four thirty, and um, trying to be good stewards of what we've been given access to. I love it, Josh. So basically you've got two separate teams seeking Christ in the same facility mm-hmm. And helping each other out as you can. Yep. And the the fun part about that, too, is the the building is Harmony Evangelical. And uh, I was nervous at first with the name because we're a very musical group. Um, I th- I think we would have picked the name New Harmony or Harmony Church uh, regardless of the location. But the, the name Harmony is just so biblically soaked with beautiful imagery of unity and and all of that. And so when that name, they just kind of kept coming up and up and up. It's like, man, New Harmony Church, like to create a, a new song or a new harmony. Um, but I was nervous because I didn't want the existing church, that's Harmony Evangelical, to feel like we were, um, like it was a hostile takeover or taking over their name or anything like that. And a uh, beautiful testimony to, to where they're at is um, uh, Pastor Mark uh, Weiner, he uh, brought that before his, his body and uh, a church body and they they celebrated it they were like we love it we love the name like uh, as long as we get to be referred to as og harmony we're, we're good with it <laughs> and then somebody had to explain to pastor mark what og meant and um but it was just a really beautiful like um go for it this is awesome we love we love the name and so i was i was very encouraged by that and very excited to have that be celebrated there are so many things that we Christians choose to let divide us mm-hmm. that I'm ecstatic that New Harmony Church and Harmony Evangelica are choosing to celebrate this common bond of names mm-hmm. as you've chosen to. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about what one might expect at the average service at New Harmony Church Sunday afternoons? I mean, where are most of the people coming from or where would you like to see more people know that they're welcome? Mm-hmm. Well, we want to be, I mean, first and foremost, available to the neighborhood. Um, there's lots of people uh, located in that area that uh, could could very easily walk to church, uh, especially with gas prices the way that they are and everything like that. Um, we want to be available to that. But really, as a leadership team, we're, we're spread out pretty, pretty far and wide over the Clackamas uh, area. We have uh, people in... Um, Woodburn, Estacada, Clackamas, pretty spread out there. But we want to welcome anybody from from all areas and everything like that. But as you come in on a Sunday morning, you would be greeted with a friendly face, uh, people that that care about you and and where you're at, and a good diversity of ages. At this point, we definitely lean a little bit younger. With the church as a whole, kind of started out of our youth group model at Thrive where we we gathered around some pretty basic principles of 
socializing, like getting to know each other, talking, worship, and then learning from the word. And so every every Wednesday, that was our goal to to do that. And we still do that. But we thought, man, wouldn't this be cool if we could do church like this to where it's it's simple, uh, people know what to expect. And so, and it, and it works. So, so is Thrive the name of your youth group then? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So Thrive, Thrive was, uh, and it still is, um, the name of our youth group, but that, that model and that, the principle and, and a lot of the people and families involved in that actually are, are responsible for starting New Harmony Church. Um, parents started to see a difference in their kids and, and, um, seeing the positive change, seeing the growth there. And so they were very willing to step on board and, and help us start the church and are also on our leadership team now as well. So we have a good, a good collection of, of ages. Um, we have, you know, young 20 somethings that are very mature and love the Lord and, and follow after him. Uh, Emma being one of those. And then we also have seasoned um, parents and grandparents that are also helping us serve uh, our community and, and very outward focused. We don't want to get uh, inverted or only be thinking about our, ourselves or how to maintain or anything like that. We want to we want to be going after people that are are questioning their faith or don't have any faith at all, and um, that's that's the kind of people that I, I consistently see Jesus going after uh, in the New Testament, and and so we want to be representing that that heavenly mandate that I believe that we have to to go after that. We we don't want to be um, we don't want to water down the gospel at all. So um, message wise, uh, we lean very very heavy on letting God's word speak for itself. Uh, me being currently the only um, speaking pastor or teaching pastor, um, I, I get to kind of <laughs> lead lead through that. And one of the things that I've I've been really really convicted on is and and heard from from our leaders and and from people kind of across the area is that there's a real hunger and thirst for just the word without um, additives or anything else in there where we try to put our own spin on it or our own personal story. And those are, those are important. Those are good. But oftentimes what I found is a lot of the, a lot of the words in, in the new Testament, old Testament and God's word, they speak for themselves very, very clearly. But sometimes if we're going to uh, cherry pick and have just a, like a short verse, that's where we can get into trouble where we, we insegete instead of exegete and um, miss the context of what the, what the author was originally trying to communicate and the biblical truth that's in there. So uh, that's, that's kind of our, our meat on the bone, so to speak of, of how we deliver the word is it's very scripture heavy. I would say probably about 70 to 80% of, of what I say from the pulpit is direct scripture. Um, And then in between each segment of scripture, is just kind of a observation or asking the congregation questions. And I also love our current size because I'm able to ask the questions and hear back from people in the congregation to where I can literally ask a question and get several responses. And we're not just, it's not like I'm standing up there just talking at people for half hour or whatever. So having a smaller congregation really allows for more of that back and forth mm-hmm. and that feedback, Very personal. even in the middle of a message. Which I, for one, have heard has been a lot more popular with the younger set, especially the teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know of some that say, I become closest to God in musical worship and in a Bible study situation where we can go over a, ch- a chapter or a passage and go back and forth and ask questions. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if there is a stumbling block in having – and even brilliant, devoted, loving pastor speak for 20 to 45 minutes and follow that without being allowed to give feedback as you can at New Harmony. So mm-hmm. by all means, Josh, I want you to boast about the people at New Harmony, the leaders, those who helped you launch the church mm-hmm. and got things started. I I, I am so grateful for uh, every single person that has uh, supported and encouraged and blessed and um, put in so much time and, and resources and everything like that. Um, my parents have been a huge, huge support of that. They, they um, serve in our kids ministry and, and faithfully have served there. 
uh, a lot of people that I, a couple individuals that I've discipled uh, in our youth ministry program uh, graduated out, became youth leaders, and uh, consequently also helping me start the church. Um, Daniel Garland and Riley Marriott are two two real prominent ones, uh, young young men that, that absolutely love the Lord, full of integrity, and uh, have have really been key figures in that. Uh, Alan and Christy Casaro are, are also um, key members in in that. Alan's serving on our uh, trustee board, and Christy is uh, launching our young adults ministry, which is amazing. Uh, Lakshmi and Justin Parker uh, are just amazing, amazing people that that love the Lord, that, that care deeply about uh, the lost, and uh, have a very kind, authentic way of welcoming people into their home and and conversating with uh, with people about where they're at and very 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 disarming uh, people where uh, you talk to them and you're like wow you, you actually care about about who I am and where I'm at um, and then Courtney uh, Courtney Helzer is a cousin of mine but also a, a dear dear friend and and has helped us with the admin side of things and has brought a lot of organization to this like new you know green new harmony church uh developing uh, a calendar and helping us uh, get acquainted with that kind of stuff. And then Sam uh, Casaro and Zach Byers are also our, our worship directors. Uh, They're extremely anointed uh, in, in worship and love the Lord and, and really bring kind of that, that uh, powerful, authentic cry in worship where it's, it's real, it's raw and, and heartfelt. And I love just both of their hearts uh, for the Lord and and their consistency in, in showing up and, and encouraging with that. And they're also two people that I've kind of discipled along with um, in regards to worship and and that kind of stuff. So it's it's been really uh, encouraging and a blessing for me to see that like people that I've I've invested my time and resources in over the last five years now getting to that spot where. They're mature enough spiritually, they have integrity, they have developed character, where they're now able to pour back into other rising stars, so to speak, in, in that, and and loving and, and ministering there. New Harmony Church meets Sunday afternoons at the location on Fuller Road in Milwaukee, right by Clackamas Town Center, and you can find all the details at the website, new-harmony.church. That's new-harmony.church. Church and make sure to follow New Harmony Church on Facebook. More with lead pastor Josh Parkin next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with lead pastor Josh Parkin of New Harmony Church on Fuller Road, which meets Sunday afternoons from 3 to 4.30 in the Milwaukee part of Fuller. And that's right by Clackamas Town Center. So maybe you're new to the area. Maybe you're in between churches. I want you to check out the website, new-harmony.church. That's new-harmony.church. Lead Pastor Josh Parkin also serves as youth pastor. But Josh, you're not the only person under your roof serving at New Harmony Church, are you? I am not, actually. I'm very blessed and excited and grateful to be serving alongside my wife. Uh, she has felt a really strong call over the years towards women's ministry. And uh, I'm really, really excited to see her uh, thrive in that role Um she she gathers uh, a lovely group of women in the local area, and they meet um, at the end of the month, the fourth Friday of every month, at the Harmony House, which is just such a beautiful thing that we have been gifted, really, through uh, Harmony Evangelical, allowing us access to that home, because we get to run youth group through there, we get to run men's ministry through there, we, we launched our leadership team through there, and the women's ministry gets to meet there. And all with that home feel without burning anybody out or putting them out of like, oh, you got to host every single week or host every other week or whatever, that it's very much a a Swiss army knife, so to speak, of a, of a building where we can, we can have that home feel and make it work for whatever ministry is ministering out of that, that home. So 
um, it's it's really a beautiful thing, and I, I consider myself very very blessed to be able to um, minister alongside my wife that is is very anointed and and loving that. And then for our family that we get to do that together, um, we have a young family. We've got five kids, and um, it's it's very encouraging to have something for them that they can sink their teeth into and and have a have a community of of other young families around them as well that that they can grow and and learn about what a what a life given to Jesus can look like. Oh, I love it. So where did you meet your wife, lead pastor Josh Parkin? I actually met Anna in a karate class. And it was a class that I actually wasn't even supposed to be in um at Clackamas Community College uh the karate uh, class at the time it was a it was a one credit uh, physical education credit that I needed towards my associates, and so um, they met Monday Monday Wednesday Friday, and uh, how how things ended up working out whatever that term uh, Friday was the only class that I had was this karate class that was an hour and so I asked my instructor I was like hey um, this is my second term I love the class. But can I can I come in on a Monday or Wednesday, kind of make up the class because it was a hundred percent based on attendance, and and not come in on Friday so I can have a long weekend? And he's like, sure, that's fine, everything like that. And so uh, I walk into a karate class, you know, Monday morning, and uh, and making up the the class, and there my wife was, or my future wife, <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, this is a beautiful woman, kind, everything like that. And, uh, so we got to talking and, uh, you know, one thing led to another and, and we, uh, we got married. So that's, that's kind of where we met. And then through mutual friends and everything else kind of developed a relationship out of that and, uh, celebrated 15 years of marriage this last April. Oh, congratulations Thank and you. happy anniversary to yeah. you. And, and uh, what a neat story. Yeah. This who'd, is precisely why you need to show up to class on time yes because you never know who yes. you might bump you into you never know you never know sparring with her was very awkward for quite a while because i'm like i really like you and i don't want to kick you and i don't want you to kick me so we would we'd kind of avoid each other in class but yeah it was, kick it was other very people, funny yeah, kick other, people. yeah kick other people away if at yeah. all possible <laughs> <laughs> how wonderful so mm-hmm. congratulations on the five kids as well yes so yep. by all means boast about them what are their names and ages so my oldest son is uh, jonathan um we had him a little over a year after being married we wanted to get our family started young and uh, then we had henry and then uh in between henry and my daughter ruby we actually lost a, a child um her name was evelyn and uh really it, it uh it, it hit us pretty hard it hit us both differently we grieved that differently um and kind of processed that but on the other side of that saw god's goodness and god's provision and um and and really walking through that grief with us we we found out um march 8th my dad's birthday uh that we were having a girl and and then uh, obviously it wasn't our first time through that whole process and we uh the the uh, ultrasound tech kind of was very quiet uh when when normally they'd be saying oh this is a leg this is an arm this is you know all this different stuff and so we, we kind of had a little bit of a heads up there and they recommended us to a specialist and we're like, okay, something's off. And in that, in that encounter, that's where they revealed like, Hey, uh, this, this isn't looking like a viable pregnancy, like it, probably not gonna uh, make it to term. And they, they mentioned abortion once and we're like, no, we're, we're not going to do that. We're going to, we're going to carry, carry her as long as God allows us to. And, uh, and that was the end of that conversation. But, um, it was a very painful process of weeks and weeks after that going in every week just to see if her heart was still beating and it, it hurt. It was sad. It was, it was tragic, especially, you know, May 18th is when she, she eventually passed and, uh, having to go to the hospital and, and deliver a, a dead baby was, was very, very difficult for, for my wife it was extremely uh, traumatic and sad for me as a father um, and so we grieved, we, we took some time, we grieved, but then, um, God's provision after that, where it was like, man, I, he, he knew. And cause I had prayed since I was young that, you know, I always, I always wanted a, you know, sons and I wanted daughters and just a, a full family. And so it, it definitely stung losing my first daughter, 
but then Ruby came after that. And a beautiful, beautiful young girl, uh, happy, healthy, everything like that. And then um, Lillianne, my second daughter. And then we had another, or have another son, Ezra. And so really kind of growing our family after that was was good. It was good for our sons, our older sons, to kind of see uh, grief, to see how a mother and father will grieve over a child that has has passed. Um, and then it was also cool for our younger kids that didn't get to meet Evelyn to see like, hey, no, we May 18th, every single year, we it, the, the levels of grief kind of, every year is different, you know, I'm, I'm sure many can relate with that where uh, sometimes grief hits you at an odd time. Uh, sometimes you're you're kind of processing through stuff, or sometimes you even forget what day. It, I, I've never forgotten Evelyn's you know birth date, but um, but it's it's definitely one of those things where you process it differently each year, and and being able to process that now with our family, with our kids, everything like that. Like they they recognize Evelyn as as their sister, and uh, it's really cool to be able to. Uh, remember her and and treasure what what could have been but also be able to to move forward in in faith and that that god's good that god provides that god was with us the whole time that we didn't have to go through that alone Uh, we had a really really strong community of of believers around us um obviously we haven't always been um church planters or, or you know leading new harmony church but uh, the church that we were at before, when all of this stuff was going down, uh, we lost Evelyn 11 years ago. And uh, at that time, we were going to a church in Portland, uh, Mosaic uh, Church. Really, really great church. We really, really loved that um, body. And we were living in Milwaukee, so we are kind of on the outskirts of Portland um, and just really felt called to find a church that was a little bit closer to home so that we could be in the community and reaching out and everything like that. And so the Lord led us to a church uh, called One by One. Uh, it's not called that anymore, but um, at the time we we started going there, and it was it was one of the things that struck us was we were meeting in a small group, um, going through a book Love and Respect, amazing amazing book. Um, oh, I agree. Yeah, but it's every Egerics, right? Yes, yep. But everybody um, in that group met us where we were at. Like it, we didn't just stick to the curriculum. It's like they recognized, wow, Josh and Anna are going through trauma and sadness. Like they're, they're in the process of, you know, potentially losing a child. And they were, they were constantly praying for healing and, and help and everything like that. And so that really struck a chord with Anna and I, that this is a body that we want to figure out like what, what, what's going on here. And so we were part of that body for about seven years. And, uh, amazing uh, time of really deepening our faith, uh, stretching ourselves spiritually, and um, getting more uh, acquainted with, I guess, maybe more a charismatic expression of our faith. To where, what does it mean when our when our hearts and our actions and our lives respond to the gospel, and that we're not just reading about it, but we're actually like participating with it in in our daily lives and everything like that. And so it was really, really good. And, um, uh, for, you know, first season, and then God called us to actually go back to where I grew up and that was Valley View Church. And so we transitioned from, you know, super, uh, charismatic expression of, of worship and preaching and teaching and all that kind of stuff. And then went back to essentially my roots where I grew up at Valley View Church and, um, started ministering there, kind of building stuff from the ground up, um, at the time when we went there, there wasn't really a, a functioning youth group. It was really small and uh, older older group of, of folks and everything like that. And so we were able to kind of infuse a new life and new vision and new um, stuff going on there. And one of the things that was really impressive to me, too, is just that they were willing to hire somebody on before there was really a need. And um, in that hiring us on and giving us a lot of, a lot of room, we were able to invite people from all different walks of life and uh, come and kind of participate with that. And then also doing that same thing for youth where uh, we didn't make attending the church a prerequisite to be part of the youth group. And that was kind of the, the secret ingredient, so to speak, that I feel like kind of made the group really grow quickly is because the, the, 
the students and everybody that was attending, they were, they were attending first and foremost because they wanted to. And, and that there was the gospel being presented and good relationships and they felt like they belonged and, and really grew into something good there. And from that point, uh, developed it to the, to its, where I believe the maturity there, where it was like, okay, now it's time to, to do something different. Uh, COVID and all that kind of stuff really threw a huge wrench in, in a lot of, uh, practical ways of how we met and what we did, everything like that, and saw a huge spike in uh, depression, in um, all sorts of different things with with the students, but also an incredible amount of of growth. Like we we were we shut down for the first couple months because at the time nobody knew exactly what was going on, and and we thought you know what, just to be to be safe, to be honoring, we don't know what's going on. We're going to shut this thing down, but it really gave a. a a good perspective shift there where we were just starting into another growth season as, as a youth group. And so it really was a good heart check for me to be like, Hey, God's the one that's grown this group. God's the one that's provided for this group. God's the one that, that provides for all these different things. And so who am I to come in and be like, Oh no, there's this pandemic. There's this stuff going on. It's going to ruin the youth group. It's going to shut everything down. It actually didn't. Um, the online engagement really suffered because I think students kind of got zoomed out and they're just like, I'm, I'm tired of all this social stuff. And that was just within the first few months. <laughs> um, but once we were able to gather again, um, following certain things, following certain protocols, we were, we were outside when we could be outside, we were inside when we could be inside. Um, but the group just kept aggressively growing and uh, wanting to meet, wanting to, to gather. And uh, we eventually got to the point where, um, because of some some disagreement with um, how to how to abide uh, by the by the mandates and stuff, um, but also even more than that, just a, a deeper calling to. I, I feel like now is the time for us to to start a church, and so with the support of Valley View and with the support of the conference, that's when we decided to uh, launch. And so this this past November is when we uh, formally started that that work um, with the conference. And, and diving into that, like I said before, kind of developing a team and, and asking people to, to run certain ministries and help out with that. But it's just been a beautiful um, gathering of, of people and uh, with history in the community, with history in this area, and with a real heart towards uh, one another and meeting people where they're at and, and not trying to create some sort of plastic Christianity that's just void of any... Uh, fruit or heart, but um, cultivating a community of people that really care about God, are willing to be pruned by God and and corrected by his word, um, but bearing fruit and, and not just being faithful attendees to a, to a Sunday gathering or a church body or anything like that, but actually bearing fruit that uh, blesses other people, that encourages other people and and strengthens us in our in our walk with God. What a great vision you've shared with us, Lead Pastor Josh Parkin of New Harmony Church. And I'm so very, very sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I admire what you and Anna have done to take that devastating time of your life mm-hmm. to grow in it together and to help others out. So you can hang out with Pastor Josh Parkin and the good people of New Harmony Church every Sunday afternoon at 3. Details at new-harmony.church. That's new-harmony.church. I also really enjoy making music and uh, have recently, over the past year, been able to release uh, three songs so far on Spotify under my name, Joshua Parkin. And uh, it's been a huge blessing uh, working with Micah Aris and Aris Studios up in Vancouver. Uh, to produce uh, songs that are a, l- a little bit edgier. Uh, we've done two covers and one original, and we've got two more originals coming out in the next few months. So, More with Josh Parkin next on Difference Made. You're listening to Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee, and Josh Parkin serves as lead pastor of New Harmony Church on Fuller Road in the Milwaukee part of Portland, walking distance from Clackamas Town Center, and they meet every Sunday afternoon starting at 3. And Josh, 
I love your transparency and your vision. I don't know about you, Josh, but I like to eat out too much. Mm-hmm. And so many great mom and pop establishments have not survived the last couple of years where the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Wonderful places have shut down. Brilliant cooks, chefs, and owners have retired early. But if you think it's difficult launching a restaurant during a pandemic, how much more difficult must it be to launch a church? So I'm glad that you got the vision, you got the support from the evangelical church from Valley View, from your predecessors, from Harmony Evangelical, Mm -hmm. and that you put one foot in front of the other and you just were obedient to God's calling. Mm -hmm. So thank you for doing so. And I realize you've got some great people behind you and around you. And at other times, it must be very difficult. Yeah, it's been a process of really recognizing God's timing. Because there's there have been a few instances where even when we first when my wife and I first were at Valley View, I told Pastor Scott there initially like, hey, I'll, I'll be here for a year, um, but church planning is really on my heart, and I, I want to do this at some point. So we'll we'll give this a a shot, and then um, reevaluate in a year. And we were there for almost five. So um, it wasn't until God said go that we we felt led to do that, and. Um, even in the in the interim of in between one by one, which is now called the loft and uh, Valley View, there was this like, do we start a church now? And it was a clear no from God, like don't don't do that. And so uh, it's difficult in seasons too, especially when we're when we're talking about uh, seasons, feelings, callings, anointings, all that kind of stuff that. The, the call that God has on each of our lives, it, I believe, is irrevocable. It's it's not something that he's like, well, mm, no, no thanks. But uh, we have to have this trust in him, too, that when he says go, we go. When he says move, that we move. And that we've also surrounded ourselves with people that can testify to that and hold us accountable to some of those vision pieces where – um, is that God talking to you or is it the, the sushi, <laughs> right? Or is it, is it an emotion or a feeling or is it God? And uh, really being able to have solid mentors and people in our lives that can help sharpen that vision and help clarify, uh, is this God or is this um, something else? And, and so I'm very, very grateful to the, to the people that God has placed uh, in my life and, and the people that God has brought back into my life. Because some of the some of the ways some of the um, the things that went on in in some of those hop off points uh, could have been really devastating relationally and at the time were but God has a way of of healing and restoring things that if we let Him and if we forgive our brothers and sisters in Christ that He can He can redeem it and so He He definitely showed off uh, His His goodness in that uh, in particularly with. My relationship with Jack Shoemate, who is the um, lead pastor over at the Loft, and just a beautiful story of of reconciliation and and real uh, full circle stuff. That when when God's involved in the relationship, when God is in, involved in bringing about the forgiveness and reconciliation, there is no relationship that's that's too too broken or too severed to to heal and mend. And and God showed that off very very clearly in that, and so very very grateful for that. And um, but again, timing because sometimes I feel like if we try to rush that, that will will um, well, like if you if you get a wound or something like that, you need to get a band aid on it quick. You can't just let it fester. But also being aware that until that wound heals, uh, if you bump your elbow or you you know do anything to that to that wound, uh, you're going to feel it, <laughs> and it's going to be painful. But if you give time for that elbow or whatever to heal, then then you can apply all sorts of different pressure to it, and it'll be it'll be okay. You don't need to be walking around, you know, babying it. And so, um, and that that's kind of a principle that Pastor Scott brought up with uh, holy distance uh, before social distancing was cool and everything like that. Um, he elaborated on this uh, idea of holy distance, and that's basically where you allow the Lord to work um, without irritating an already inflamed area of of your heart or relationship to where if if you need to kind of let it lie uh, for a little bit uh, relationally with somebody to just let the lord work on them make sure that you're 
being accountable to what God's called you to in your own heart of forgiving and loving and being open and receptive to when the right timing is to to re engage relationally or whatever. And um, that that concept, that principle, that way of walking out was extremely beneficial in in my relationship with with Pastor Jack and and has been really really healing in that as well. So I'm super super grateful for um, all the people that God's put in my wife and I, our, our lives and getting us to this point. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, man, where do we go from here? This is, this is exciting. It's, it's neat. It's something that um, I always had maybe like a shadow of a vision for, but it wasn't until really November that that vision got more color and, and clarity and, and then people around us to, to do that. And so it's been really exciting to activate our faith, to walk in step with what he's, uh, doing and providing and um, so so clearly saying like now is the time now is the the place this is this is where I want you to do it from and these are the people that I want you to minister with and he's he's pleasantly surprised uh, us my wife and I both with just the people the support everything like that um, and and so so grateful for everybody lifting and moving and and driving forward in in that vision of what God's called us to do. I love it, Josh. Even growing up in the church and walking with the Lord. Do we sometimes have difficulty forgiving others or seeing a need to forgive? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think the the danger in that is that if we hold on to unforgiveness, what it eventually turns into is bitterness. And and bitterness is really, really difficult to where unforgiveness there's a little bit of clarity of i do something wrong to you you remember that wrong thing that i did when it gets into bitterness now all of a sudden there's emotions wrapped up in that and it can be harder to get to okay what did i actually do that was wrong to you um because when bitterness comes in it starts to confuse it starts to push away and starts to i mean if we're using the analogy of a wound it starts to get infected and at that point then it starts to damage us uh the, the people that are being uh, unforgiving. And so it's, it's been a really, really powerful concept and, and principle that I've, I've walked through and even recognizing like when, when Jesus would uh, on his time here on earth, he would go to bed each night knowing that people hated him, that they wanted him dead. And he was able to walk in such a, a such a way that he was able to be approachable by sinners, be approachable by people that wanted him dead to be approachable in any season or time of, of his life, even when he was grieving the loss of his cousin, like he still had compassion on people. And so this idea that, that God was constantly carrying around forgiveness with him at all times and, and his peace and everything like that, there are certain things that we won't have if we don't walk in forgiveness. Uh, if we don't obey Jesus, we won't be able to have peace. If we don't obey what he's called us to and, and love and forgive those around us, especially if they've done something wrong, we won't have that piece of, of him. You know what I think, Josh? I think that we're weak mm-hmm. overall and we want the other person groveling back to mm-hmm. us tearfully, publicly, loudly exclaiming about how they wronged us. Mm-hmm. Whereas the example that Jesus set before us was forgiving us while we were still sinners. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, one of the most difficult things I have to do is release forgiveness on someone who hasn't asked for it. Yep. Release forgiveness on someone who never said they did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And that was that was probably the biggest key redemptive point with um, with Jack and I and, and my wife is that us pre forgiving him before he even recognized what what was done wrong. Um, that created such a environment for deeper healing and being able to just in a lot of ways pick up where we left off and and not having that bitterness piece in there i highly recommend it for anybody that is is trying to get through that kind of stuff where um, obviously if there's abuse and other stuff like that you need to not go back to your abuse or anything like that not at all recommending that but with with relational stuff with relational tension with with any manner of those kinds of things sometimes you just need to give the person space but you have to forgive them, especially like you were saying, um, Mike, before they apologize, because that is the thing that will 
create such a beautiful environment for the Holy Spirit to work and and prune things also in our own lives. Where uh, I I run into very very few situations where it is solely one party's wrongdoing. Um, takes two to tango. Takes two to um, make a, a really intricate problem. <laughs> And, and oftentimes we don't want to own our part. We just want the other party to own theirs. And, and so when you, when you forgive that, that takes them off of your hook and puts them on God's hook, but then it also allows God access into your life to be like, Hey, you know, you, you could have done this differently too. And, and giving him space to work in that. And, and that's what he did. And he's proven himself, uh, faithful over and over and over, not just in this situation, but in, in all situations in our life. I love how you reiterated that we need to be forgiving and yet have enough wisdom not to walk back into an abusive situation. Amen. Yeah. You can indeed forgive someone from afar or from a protected state. Mm-hmm. So thank you for pointing yeah. that out, Josh, because mm-hmm. I know of too many cases where people were told otherwise. Yeah. And they went back to bad situations they had no business walking back yep. into. Yep. It's tragic when that happens. So between forgiveness and the loss of a child you've lived a little bit in your young life lead pastor josh parkin can you give us a background where did you grow up in the first place well uh, i actually grew up in milwaukee which is kind of funny we've basically just been kind of doing one big giant circle um in the in the area i grew up in milwaukee off a river road i had wonderful memories there Uh, i don't know if it's legal or not but putting pennies on the train track and watching them get flattened uh riding our bikes around um, Elk Rock Island and all that kind of stuff. Really, really love that area. Um, and, and still, then we, uh, moved out to Sandy, uh, for, for a season, got, got a taste of that country life, had a couple acres and, um, got to, got to drive around, do that. And then, um, moved back to Clackamas area and, uh, then met my wife and we moved right across the train tracks from where I grew up. And, and so we were there and then now we, we now live in Oregon City. But it was just kind of a cool, cool journey uh, around the area of the the nine seven zero four five nine seven zero two or nine seven two 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 and all, all that kind of stuff. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. So how early on in life did you know that you wanted to be a pastor and that God was calling you to that someday, Josh? It's actually pretty cool. At, at Valley View, um, my youth pastor, Adam Muir, was uh, really instrumental in that, that uh, in junior high, I was like, God, I, I want to be a youth pastor and I want to be a youth pastor here at Valley View. And so God answered that call um, uh, for sure with with me being on staff there for five years, um, but also a, a deeper call that he continued on that I didn't quite realize, but with, with lead pastor, I, I've, I've always had a heart for youth and um, I, I believe that I always will, but uh, the the lead pastoring part kind of came more over the last couple years, and it's been a developing thing that God's been like, hey, will you trust me with this? Uh, similar to Moses, where he felt super ill-equipped and um, not up to the task of, of leading an entire nation. I feel very ill-equipped in a lot of ways to, to lead a church, but in moving forward with that, I feel like it gives God more glory to work through somebody that isn't, isn't going to steal the glory and put it on myself. It's, it's, it's all God. God does the heavy lifting. God does the, the setting up the, the gathering around of other leaders, the help. And, and so I'm, I'm not having to do everything on my own. I can't. So God being faithful and bringing people along has been huge. Josh Parkin is the lead pastor of new harmony church meeting on Fuller road in the Milwaukee part of Portland, right near Clackamas town center every Sunday afternoon at three And Josh, would you like to give out an invitation for something coming out in August? Yes. uh, August 27th, we have a a neighborhood barbecue that we'd like to invite uh, anybody and everybody in the area to. Our heart behind that is just to kind of have a friendly neighborhood feel where we're we're saying, hey, this is is where we're at. This is who we are. Uh, We care. We love you guys. And following the the Jesus model of uh, food, (laughs) Jesus gathered a lot of people around food and uh, did a lot of his ministry around a meal. And so we want to be consistent with that as well. So uh, one of my favorite things, uh, a little side hobby that I enjoy doing is uh, smoking meat. And so we will definitely be having some of that. Uh, and and like a good brisket, uh, good things take time. 
And so you don't want to rush, you don't want to push, push the temperature. And, uh, boy, when, when you wait that, you know, 14 to 18 hours for a, a good, well-seasoned <laughs> chunk of meat, it's, it's definitely a good thing. So, uh, we'll be having some yummy stuff like that, burgers, hot dogs, games, all that kind of stuff. We want to be available to the community and then just kind of also just kind of a, a way to publicly reiterate or say, Hey, we're here. We love you guys. And, uh, we want to be available and, and be present. Thank you so much for meeting people where they're at and your outreaches to the community. Lead Pastor Josh Parkin of New Harmony Church. Follow New Harmony Church on Facebook and check out the website new-harmony.church. On our way out, Josh, is there anyone you want to say hi to or send a shout out to? I just want to thank uh, everybody at Thrive and at New Harmony Church and just thank you everybody for your support, for your encouragement my mentors and and just everybody in the area. Jeff Patterson over at Renew Church uh, has been huge, uh, huge blessing and encouragement, uh, especially in our in our fledgling growth there. Mitch Lee, which uh, has has been huge in mobilizing and uh, promoting the church and church growth. Uh, he oversees our church planning of the Evangelical Church and is. Uh, just been really really encouraging and uplifting and, and patient and a lot of the the stuff there yeah just uh thanking my wife and my family for being uh, so encouraging and so uplifting and so willing to start out this this new adventure and this is something that we've never done before but we definitely have a heart for it and we definitely have a calling towards it and god is just in the ways that only he can just just showing off and showing time and time again how faithful he is well thanks so much again lead pastor of new harmony church josh parkin and thank you for listening to difference makers three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.